From thezebrablog.com, welcome to Before and After, the Furniture Refinishing Podcast. I'm Lane Ball. I think for me, the biggest thing is just um, battling with my own mind, just how busy you can be in the spring, summer, and just how great you can feel. And on cloud nine about selling all these things and then going into a slower time thinking, what's wrong? What did I do wrong? And starting to doubt yourself, but you just really need to be headstrong with yourself and know that it's not you. It's just the seasons and that you should look at things as a yearly basis and not a monthly or seasonal basis. Today we have the privilege of chatting with Danny of Danny's Vintage Designs and Jessica of Blue Peaches Furniture. We hope you enjoy our conversation as we discuss how to prepare your refinishing business for fall and winter. Stay tuned. Hello, Danny and Jessica. It's great to have you both back on the podcast. Hello. Hi, Lane. Great to be back. Listen, today is going to be a little different. We have three things we want to cover for our listeners. First, as this month comes to a close, we want to discuss September's theme for the Zebra Diaries. Second, we are going to announce the product gift sponsors for September. And third, we're going to talk about how to prepare your refinishing business for the fall and winter season. I don't know about you guys, but I always have mixed feelings when we begin approaching fall. On the one hand, it's a bit of a relief from the heat and humidity that we experience here in the South. And fall definitely is beautiful. However, with fall comes winter and although winter has its beauties, personally, nothing compares with the greens and blues of spring and summer. How about you guys? Is it hard or easy to think about leaving summer? I'm holding on for dear life right now. It's getting a little bit colder right now. I'm also feeling like it's starting to slow down with sales and people are focused on getting their kids back to school if they haven't done so already. I also feel like it's there's a slow lull between summer and back to school. So right now, my focus is not on sales and it's more gearing up for doing custom work. Mm. What about you, Jessica? Oh man, I want summer to last a bunch longer. Um, we we got a slow start to summer here in Canada and it feels like we just got it going and now it seems to be cooling down and I just want it to be a warm September and October. Yeah, well, maybe maybe we'll get that. Well, let me ask you guys, do you guys take advantage of the warm summer days and move your refinishing outdoors? I for sure move my stuff outdoors. Um, I'll refinish outside as much as possible. My workshop is just a, a, a garage and it's filled with furniture and stuff. So having being able to work outside is a huge bonus to this business for me. So I'll uh, I'll take advantage for as long as possible. <laughs> <laughs> even if even if it's a short window, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Danny? Do you do most of your stuff inside or do you venture outdoors occasionally? <laughs> well, here in Saskatchewan, between October and April, it's pretty frigid. Really, really cold and frigid, almost Arctic temperatures. Mm. So that's five whole months of being limited to the weather. So usually in the summer and the spring, I go guns a blazing with creating furniture items for sale mm -hmm. rather than customizing items, mm. just because I feel like I can just move around better and I'm just not limited to the ice and the snow on the ground. So that's usually when I get most of my first sale items done throughout the year. Well, we're going to talk more about the season transition in a bit, but before we do, Jessica, share with our listeners what our September theme is for the Zebra Diaries. 
Yeah, so our September theme is in line with fall, um, and it's going to be the colors orange and yellow. Now, the colors don't need to be combined. You don't need to use both <laughs> yellow and orange on a piece. But um, yeah, so anything uh, painted yellow. So there's such a wide range of yellows from like pastel yellow to mustard yellow. So and then orange, because I would love to personally see some orange pieces Um you don't see them very often. I'm going to challenge myself to do an orange piece this month. Um, and I hope you guys do too. Yeah. We look forward to seeing those pieces. Uh, those are, that's a cool color combination you're talking about. They don't have to combine them, but uh, maybe they could do the ombre effect with uh, the yellow and the orange. Oh yeah. Lane, <laughs> I challenge you to do that. <laughs> uh oh, um, Let's see. Uh, what's the next topic here? Yeah. <laughs> That, that would that would definitely be an interesting venture for me. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe we'll take that challenge on. Yeah. Well, Dan, Danny, you have some exciting news about our product gift sponsors for September. Who's partnering with us? Well, um, I know D Lawless Hardware is going to be sponsoring with us, but I'll let Jessica talk about them. But also, BB Froze Chalk Paint Powder is going to be working with us this month. That sounds great. And I also want to add that we have brought Danny on as a guest judge this month because with the partner of BB Frosh, we know that Danny loves her BB Frosh. So we thought it would be a great opportunity to um, have a, a guest judge and, and get her expertise on the matter as well. So thank you, Danny, so much for joining us this month. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, thank you. And we, of course, continue to provide five zebra paintbrushes to the first place winner, three to the second place winner, and two to the third place winner. Hey, Danny, uh, you mentioned BB Froge. Let's talk a little bit about them. Tell us what advantages there are to using their chalk powder versus a pre-mixed chalk paint. Sure. So when I found BB Froge chalk paint powder, I before that, I was using more contractor type paints and I actually didn't try chalk paint powder. I was kind of against it. And it's one of those things where don't knock it until you try it. But I finally got around to trying a bunch of DIY chalk paints using calcium carbonate and plaster Paris. And I actually tried some boutique chalk paints as well. But I found that they were quite gritty. And then I found BB Froze chalk paint powder. And of course, I was skeptical, but when I actually tried it, there was no grittiness, mm. there was unlimited color choices, and it's just really affordable since you can mix it with any large quantity of latex paint from Home Depot or wherever else. I just really love it and I, I started using it for all of my projects and now pretty much exclusively use it. It's just been such a good thing for my business and saved me lots of money. I, I just have lots of options as well. Yeah, that's really interesting that you said that because you know, we've had some difficulty in the past when we've made our own chalk paint. And I know we, we tried it with the plaster Paris, but what we found that happened and honestly, did I do everything correctly? I'm not hundred percent sure, but it clumped, you know, as we were mixing it, it we, and, and I found that even as I was painting it, when I thought I had it mixed properly, I was getting little clumps in it. What we, what we were doing at the time was painting our kitchen cabinets and we wanted to use a color from a home center paint chip which is why we went in the direction of, you know, creating our own. So that's, it's really extremely helpful to know that there's a company out there that has a powder that, that mixes really well. Yes, extremely well. And 
I'm sure a lot of people are a little skeptical about it. Does it actually make a chalk paint kind of look? But yes, and it solves all the problems of making do-it-yourself chalk paint powders. There's just lots of problems when it comes to that, especially with Plaster of Paris. It's just really mm. gritty. I'm super excited to try it. I uh, I have my mixture um, and I went to Home Depot recently and I probably spent 30 minutes in front of all the colors trying to figure out which ones I wanted. Um, and I finally figured out and I'm so excited to use it this month. Um, I can't wait. And the it seems like the color options are just endless. So that's really cool, Danny. Yeah, they are. We'll definitely be trying the BB Froche as well. Um, I, I do want to mention, and, and Jessica, you could uh, mention them as well, talk a little bit about D. Lawless Hardware, because I want to thank them for their faithfulness to be a part of the uh, gift sponsors, uh, not only for September, but in previous months as well. Tell us a little bit about D. Lawless. So they have so much hardware, and it's so nice to pick from. They also have, like, the antique hardware, too. So if you're missing a... Um, you know, one knob or one pull from an antique piece. Usually you can find it there. They also just got in my favorite hardware. And if you follow me on Instagram, you'd see me gushing over at the teardrop mm -hmm. pulls that I use on everything. So uh, those actually went missing from planet Earth for like a year and I could not find them. And D Lawless got them in. So get yours. Um, yeah. So they're generously um the prizes for this month with d lawless are a uh, 50 gifty to the first place winner 30 dollars for the second and 15 dollars for the third um yeah and they're just great super friendly great company well time marches on and that means next month is september which is also means fall is on our doorstep so fall officially arrives on september 23rd and doesn't end until december 21st which I have to note, that was a surprise for me. I did not realize fall went all the way almost to, to Christmas. As what? furniture refinished, yeah, I know. Can you believe that? I thought, I know for whatever reason, I guess just in past experiences, you just, you know, I, you typically think Thanksgiving, November, that's when winter kicks in. But uh, yeah, I was really surprised to learn that as well. Well, as furniture refinishers, when we think of the topic, how to prepare your business for fall and winter, what would you say is top of mind for you both? For me, I, I knew when I started this business uh, four years ago, officially, I knew that I had to get a garage heater going. And I know it was about $4,000 to install, but I'm not limited to the cold weather now. So I can work year round. And I know Jessica has to work outside and... <laughs> I think I think Jessica's neighbors probably enjoy <laughs> seeing her outside, you know, especially when I don't know what your temperatures drop to. But uh, I don't know. Do you set up one of those uh, outdoor tents and then do you walk around in those big snowmobile no. suits? And... <laughs> yeah. just, just to clarify, in the winter, I only stand oh, okay. outside. I'll paint up. I'll paint inside. I don't. I don't think I could paint outside. It would affect the the paint temperatures. Yeah, she's but, got yeah, a big blowtorch like underneath her paint can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. No, I stand outside year round, and I I look like a a snowman all bundled up and <laughs> everything. I, yeah. That that has to be entertaining, though, for your neighbors. I mean, to see you out there with a sanding machine when it's bitter cold out. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm the crazy neighbor <laughs> over there. <laughs> well, I'm sure people who buy your pieces, they need you need to have somebody taking snapshots to be able to show the amount of work and effort that you put into this stuff and the sacrifices you make out in this bitter cold weather. <laughs> you know, they got this beautiful piece in their dining room or bedroom and they need to realize the amount of work that went into it. I'll do a video this winter when I'm out there <laughs> and like minus 30 sanding <laughs> yeah. in my little makeshift outfit because it's all like old like old uh, jackets and stuff because it'll get covered in sand so it's not even nice stuff it's like ragabond of old clothing <laughs> jackets and stuff you could you could also put out one of those little uh, bowls you know and see if people throw money in your bowl while you're out there sanding <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe I'll start singing while I do it just to add more entertainment. Well, I, you know, that, that is, you know, we have a lot of fun with this, uh, but that, that does, that is interesting when you think about the different regions, uh, because there's, you know, furniture finish, refinishers all around the world. There's certainly a heavy uh, population of them in North America, but, you know, even in North America, when you think about the South versus uh, Upper Canada, you're talking about huge temperature swings. And so... You know, if you're down in Florida and you're able to to uh, get your piece outside and do a little painting in winter, you know, that's probably doable because the temperatures aren't as bad. But when you get up into, you know, even, uh, you know, the northern states and into Canada, that's not a possibility. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, again, as we're on the doorstep of fall, what what are you doing to prepare for winter? And Jessica would ask this of you, too, because if you're doing a lot of stuff, I know you and I've had conversations in the past that sometimes even paints can't ship on these really bitter cold days. Uh, so they have to wait till the, the temperatures are, you know, because you think about when somebody ships paint, it's not that it's going to arrive the same day. It's got to go through a you know cycle, maybe possibly of a couple of days. Yeah. So a lot of the paints, some of them can maybe freeze once, but it's, I mean, it's not ideal. Um, it will change the texture. Um, again, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know what happens, but um, yeah, so it affects my ability to get paint. And last winter, you, you know, it was so cold that I couldn't get my shipments in for a lot of the different kinds of paint that I use. And um, so, yeah, it was it was a bit of a, a setback. But now I'm thinking Danny has her BB Froche, um, so uh, may, like that would be a huge solution yeah. to my delays. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yes. I know you both have a, a lot of uh, suggestions for us to get us thinking about uh, going into fall and winter, but what are some uh, general suggestions you have, Danny, or st some of the stuff that you begin preparing for? Well, I say if you're going to make this your business, I think you really need to start being serious, like especially if you're in a cold climate like us and you want to have a successful business, I think you definitely need a, a good space to work in. Um, I know some people like to work outside like Jessica, but <laughs> it might hold you back a little bit. So maybe even investing a little, like a few thousand in a garage heater, getting a vacuum attachment set up to your sander so it can collect the dust. I know my vacuum is hooked up to our central vacuum, so it collects all the dust from the sander. So I think those two things are really important in the furniture refinishing business, even in the winter. And, you know, you think about even, you know, we talk about fall and winter, but we can also have that same discussion going into spring and summer because, you know, although you guys go through a lot more winter than we do, 
We, however, in the summer go through more, or excuse me, down in the south go through more summer and spring, but we deal with a lot of humidity and we deal with a lot of heat. So even if you have your business in the garage uh, in the summertime, that's going to be challenging in some uh, cases as well, just because humidity probably slows down the, the drying process. So I would imagine having to think through that process, potentially a unit that's going to be able to provide air conditioning and a unit's going to be able to provide heat as well, just so that you got the proper temperatures to be able to work throughout uh, all the seasons. When it comes to um, furniture refinishing, do you see a slowdown in business in fall and winter, or do you find things pick up? I say it gets quite a bit slower. Um, In the spring, I find that April that's when people usually get their tax refunds. So they feel a little bit richer and more willing to splurge. And also there's not that snow and ice. So people are just really more willing to shop around. Whereas I feel fall and winter, winter, especially it really slows down with buying Mm -hmm. pieces. Do you think that's because people are kind of focused on Christmas and gifts and, and that sort of thing? And it's just buying for themselves is just not a priority, I would suppose. Yeah. And I feel like they're all, they're also vacationing and, they're just prioritizing, just getting away from this cold. Mm-hmm. So I think that they don't want to spend that extra money on a nice extravagant furniture yeah. piece. What about you, Jessica? Do you find that uh, the business slows up a bit in fall and winter? For me, uh, actually, it's almost the opposite. Mm-hmm. So now I'm wondering what's going on. For me, the summer was so slow. And it was, I think, because people were in vacation mode. Their kids were off. They were doing things. Um, you know, they... So I and so I actually ended up taking some time off this summer just to relax and enjoy the summer. And then for me, like Danny said, spring's crazy. Right now, it's really crazy for me. It's it's a very busy time. So fall and spring are really busy for mm. me. Summer's slow. January's usually a bit slow. Like December wasn't as slow. Hasn't been as slow as I thought it's been. And I find it's because people are having guests over and they want all of a sudden their place to look nice. So they're buying last minute like buffets and stuff for when their family and stuff Mm -hmm. comes over. Um, But yeah, it definitely is slow. I always try to be prepared for slow December and January's. January is just everybody's broke from Christmas. So how do you prepare for the slowdowns that you know that are coming? Uh, So for me in my slow times, like say the fall and the winter where sales are starting to drop, that's where I start to motivate myself and challenge myself to work in a different department in my business. So I'll focus on custom work or really trying to advertise my online uh, video course or selling BB Frost chalk paint powder. So with different seasons and if it's slowing down, I really try and amp it up in a different department. Yeah, that's good. How, how long, Danny, did you feel like it took you? And I'm, I'm sharing this because I think people that are diving into refinishing for the first time, this gives them an idea of what they can expect. So how long did it take you? Was it like a full year to be able to say, hey, you know, I'm starting to see a pattern here. How long did it take you to be able to, you know, sort of estimate, you know, how to move forward and plan for some of these slowdowns and then upticks as well? Well, in my business, I've kind of stopped and started custom work here and there. Like I've, I've been really busy with it. And then at times I'll say, okay, I need a really big break from this. But I would say it took a mm-hmm. few years to really, really understand the business and understand 
when something's slowing down to pick it up in the other department. Yeah, yeah. it took a few years, I would say. Yeah, well, hopefully uh, for those that are listening that are new to refinishing, you know, don't get discouraged. It does take time. And as you just, you know, I, I suppose the big thing is just really watch and see if you can see the pattern kind of developing in your area so you know how to prepare for it. What about you, Jessica? Um, how do you compensate for those slowdowns? There's really big highs and really big lows in this business. Um, and I have to remind myself that my stuff will sell. So when there's highs, you'll get like 10 sales in one week, but then it might not have gotten a sale all month. And so I just try to remind myself to keep going and that it will eventually sell and it will balance out in the end. But yeah, like Danny said, I mean, I don't sell paint or have a, a, a painter's guide, which is really smart of Danny. But I, uh, yeah, like I'll, uh, I'll do some crafts around Christmas, like make some signs and stuff like that. Th- those are mm. things I've done or else I'll just decide to take some time off and just en- enjoy the break. Wow, that's really impressive. I, I find that a lot of us entrepreneurs don't ever just sit and take a break. We're always just going, going, going. And even if it's slow, we just feel the need to just do something. So that's really admirable for you to take a break. Yeah, that's that's really good. I also think that was a that's a great idea too, Jessica, when you were talking about going into the Christmas and trying to create some refinishing pieces, you know, smaller pieces, whether they're things you hang on the wall or, or accessories that are going to appeal to people who are shopping for Christmas. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's something fun to do as well. and something a little bit different than furniture. <laughs> well, and hopefully it keeps you uh, inside for a while as opposed to outside standing. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, my garage is heated and stuff. So the paint, so that's one thing like Danny was met- mentioning, like even storing of your products. Like I was mentioning my paint can't, you can't get it below a certain temperature. And so, yeah, to have the proper setup to be able to to ensure that you're not even damaging your your paint as well is pretty crucial in the winter months as well. Well, let me ask you both this. Do you find that that it's easier or harder to find pieces to refinish in the fall and winter? And again, that you may have different answers because you're in different regions. But what do you, what do you find on your end? And uh, Danny, we'll start with you. Yes, it is a lot harder to get pieces because... In the spring, summer, that's when people really start to get out of their house and they start to do some spring cleaning, which means garage sales and lots of furniture that's available. So you really have to be on in on the hunt in those months. And there's a lot more variety to choose from, whereas the fall, winter, it's steady-ish, but definitely won't see those really good deals like you do in the spring, summer. Well, and that makes sense, what you mentioned earlier, uh, the ability to focus more on the custom work. And I suppose that would certainly make sense to do that when those pieces, uh, those pieces that you're finding on your own are harder to locate. What about you, Jessica? Oh, I completely agree with everything Danny said. It's, it's the same exact way yeah. here. What would you find the most challenging going from the spring, summer, you know, season, which is kind of clumped into one into the fall winter season? What is the biggest challenge that you face as you make that transition? I think for me, the biggest thing is just, um, battling with my own mind just how busy you can be in the spring summer and just how great you can feel and on cloud nine about selling all these things and then going into a slower time thinking what's wrong what did i do wrong and starting to doubt yourself but you just really need to be headstrong with yourself and know that it's not you it's just the seasons and that you should look at things 
as a yearly basis and not a monthly or seasonal basis. Sort of the natural ebb and flow of business, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And if you guys can figure out how to not let low sales get you down, let me know because it's way yeah. easier said than done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you can't help but look at the numbers. It's a business, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the year, you look it up and you, you know it's going to sell, but it's still hard. Yeah. I agree. Just make sure you put that, uh, that, clock counter in the closet don't put that on top of the piece that you're trying to sell you know like counting down how many how long how many days have you waited on this particular piece <laughs> yeah yeah exactly what about colors um do you find that that color choices change when you move from spring summer into to fall and winter yes i do um when it comes to the fall winter i like to stray away from bold bright colors and I like to do more rich, comforting colors. And that's why this September theme is going to be great because that's the time to do a really rich pumpkin orange kind of color. Whereas in the spring, summer, I, I think immediately like a coral or a bright blue, whereas I would probably not do that in the fall or winter. Yeah, that's really, that's interesting. Would you find the same thing, Jessica? Oh, for sure. Every September, I've done uh, my one mustard yellow piece <laughs> for the year. It's always in September or October. So yeah, I completely agree that the seasons will affect uh, the colors, even that you choose or things like that. Yeah. That's so interesting, isn't it? I mean, when you think about just the psychology of color and how color uh, affects our emotions, and it impacts us in different ways. And uh, to think about the, the seasons and colors and how they affect you and the desire to paint them, uh, paint pieces certain colors during certain seasons, that's extremely insightful. It also, I think, depends on location too. Like I see a lot of artists in you know warmer places by the ocean that can get away with really nice, cool colors. Um, that I know they're they're very beachy, but I know wouldn't necessarily fit in in you know Ottawa mm -hmm. here in Canada. But that's kind of cool too, <laughs> isn't it? Because then that that allows you to, especially mm -hmm. with social media, you know, year round, you're able to enjoy these pieces that are produced in you know throughout the world and under different climates. Uh, I've never really thought about it that way, but seeing some of these colors, that um, I'll have to be more attentive when we go into winter to say, hey, that, I bet you that piece was done in a warm climate, I'm going to play a little game and see if that works. <laughs> For sure. And a lot of my pieces end up going to cottages too. So in the winter, it's more like ski resorts, cottages. And in the summer, it's more like the summer cottages. So the color definitely affects that for what people want to put in their, their homes and types of cottages that they have too. So I have a question. This is a little bit off the track, but uh, as I have made new um, friends up in Canada, I've noticed Almost all of you talk about cottages. What's the, what's the deal with these Because, I mean, I know what a cottage is, uh, but I don't hear people in the States talking about going to their little cottages up in the, like, what is, what is going on up in Canada? What's, what, what's the deal up there? Tell me about these cottages. What do you say then? What do I say? Um, what would you, I, if, for, how do you describe well, a cottage? To me, I think of a cottage as more of a style like the look, like a quaint, comfortable, cozy uh, home. I guess you guys refer to it more as a vacation home. Is it more of a style or is it more of a, of a, of a place to go to to relax? 
it, it's like your second home that's like the weekend getaways yeah. and vacationing well i think it's cool um you know what people people are probably yelling at their at their podcast saying who like I, i'm in florida we call them cottages or i'm in california we <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I find that really neat. In fact, when you've talked about going to the cottage and other folks have mentioned that, too, that sounds pretty cool. Maybe I need to move to Canada and go to a cottage. We call them cabins. So cottage sounds a little foreign to me too. Oh, so you, yeah. so you, so Danny, you said you call it a cabin, not a cottage. Yeah. Around here. That's okay. what. And if it's on a mountain, like a ski resort, we call it a ski chalet. Okay. Or right, a chalet, right. which is just the French word for uh -huh. cottage. <laughs> you guys are just so fancy up there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that was a, a strange, <laughs> a strange thing. I'll, I'll, I want to look into that yeah. further. Now. Well, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying it's strange. It's just a little bit different. It's neat, but it's fun. It's fun to learn different, different <laughs> regions and different cultures, the different lingos and stuff. But I'm. I'm uh, I'm jiving a little bit with Danny on uh, the cabin because we do use the word cabin, uh, you know, go to the cabin. Although I don't have a cabin to go to, but um, <laughs> but nonetheless, it is <laughs> it is used. But uh, I just had to ask that. I'm hoping there was some listeners that was like, yeah, hey, yeah, glad you asked that. I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> I have really enjoyed the conversation with the two of you, and I trust that listeners have as well. Uh, really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your busy schedules to to share, inform, inspire. And do a little bit of laughing. That's always good to laugh, isn't it? It is. It made my day. <laughs> I just want to thank Elaine and Zebra for their continued support on the Zebra Diaries. And we love, love seeing all the entries. Uh, I also want to thank BB Frosh for partnering yes. with us this month. Super excited to try it. And uh, D Lawless for the third month in the row now. And special thanks to you, Danny, for for being a guest judge this month. Um, you'll get to see all the the craziness that goes into picking the winners. We take oh it very God. seriously. So I don't even know what I'm in for, but uh... yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of sweating that goes on. I don't know. It, it, you you guys need like. Um, you know, like on the Brady Bunch where they have all the little pictures of, of the family. Did I just oh, date yeah. myself? How old I am? am? I talking about the Brady Bunch? No, no. <laughs> well, it'd be no. cool to see that with the furniture diaries. You know, all of you guys like uh, del deliberating over the pieces. And do you get now? Do you guys argue? Does it get pretty heated or are you guys just really smooth running? No, it's it's I wouldn't say we argue, um, but it gets really mm. passionate. Like we 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 um, but we try to keep it civil. Like we we put forth all of us uh, our six pieces, but then we will debate back and forth about various things. And yeah, like we take it really seriously. <laughs> But I mean, these people that the, the, they're putting it like the, the people that submit to enter the challenge, they've put in a lot of work for their pieces. So we really want to make sure that like we respect that and, and, and try to, you know, look at each piece individually. And it does take a while, but it's really fun. And it's really nice to see all the inspiration too. Well, and it's been, we, I know all of you guys have as well, but um, gotten such great responses uh, not only from those that win, but from those that, that entered and just the energy and the passion, as you mentioned, that you guys put into choosing the passion that they put into being a part of this and being able to develop these pieces so that they can enter them. It's just, it, it creates a lot of 
energy and uh it, it also supports the community i think as well the furniture refinishing community in a great way i yeah it's just been so great for the the community i, I love how everybody's so into it and i feel like it makes me feel like all of a sudden i have these friends in the community and uh like even though i've never met them and stuff but we're all bonding over you know our entries and things like that so it's been really fun and i feel like i've made a lot of new friends for over sure. it well, again, we thank you guys for taking the time and uh, we hope you guys are able to enjoy the rest of your day. Make sure you get out there and enjoy this weather before it gets too cold. Thanks so much, Lane. <laughs> you guys take care. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Listening friends, if you enjoy listening to the zebrablog.com's before and after furniture finishing podcast, may we ask you to consider writing a review on the directory that you listen to? These reviews are a big help to growing the podcast and encouraging others to listen as well. In fact, if you do write a review, simply screenshot the review and send it to lane at enjoyzebra.com. Make sure you spell zebra with an I. So it's lane at enjoyzebra.com and you'll be entered into a weekly giveaway just for those that have submitted a review that week. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Zebra Blogs Before and After Furniture Finishing Podcast. Today's episode is also featured on thezebrablog.com, along with contact information for today's guest. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share those by clicking on the podcast slide in our header at thezebrablog.com. That's the zebra with an I.com. Thanks for listening and happy refinishing.